This is a recording of The Fiery Darts of the Adversary in 1 Nephi 15.24 by Stephen O. Smoot, published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, read by Stephen O. Smoot. After receiving a revelation that clarified the meaning of his father Lehi's dream, Nephi explained to his rebellious brothers the significance of the various symbols of that dream. Concerning the rod of iron, which led to the tree of life, Nephi recorded, And I said unto them that it was the word of God, and whoso would hearken unto the word of God, and would hold fast unto it, they would never perish. Neither could the temptations of the fiery darts of the adversary overpower them unto blindness, to lead them away to destruction. The inclusion of the phrase, the fiery darts of the adversary, calls to mind Paul's description of the various parts of the spiritual armor of God that disciples of Jesus are exhorted to put on in their spiritual warfare against evil. Above all, Paul recommends, as part of this defensive ensemble, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It is tempting to see 1 Nephi 15.24 as simply echoing the language of the King James rendition of Ephesians 6.16. After all, the phrase, fiery darts, appears nowhere else in the KJV. This may lead some to wonder about the connection between the New Testament phrase and Nephi's words. Did Joseph Smith imitate, or, as critics would suggest, plagiarize, either consciously or unconsciously the language of the King James Version in this Book of Mormon passage, or is more going on here? There may indeed be something more going on here, and something that works in favor of the Book of Mormon's historicity. Although not appearing in the KJV, the phrase, fiery darts or fiery arrows, appears in the Hebrew of Psalm 7. This psalm depicts Yahweh as both a refuge from all of David's enemies, and a divine warrior who executes judgment upon against David's foes. It includes a cry unto the Lord to rise up in his anger, and overthrow the wicked in righteous judgment. The psalm contains striking martial imagery of God as a shield, armed and ready for combat. The psalmist exclaims, If one does not repent, God will wet his sword. He has bent and strung his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. On the other hand, the KJV's rendering of the same verse reads, He hath also prepared for him the instruments of death, he ordaineth his arrows against the persecutors. But as will be shown below, the KJV's rendering of this verse is undoubtedly an error, for the underlying Hebrew of Psalm 713 contains the word for fiery shafts or fiery, or fiery darts, as is also found in the English translation of Ephesians 6.16. The Hebrew underlying the NRSV's making his arrows fiery shafts is... The King James Bible translators misunderstood dalak, to burn, to inflame, as meaning in this case, to pursue, and thus rendered ledolakim as persecutors. While it is true that dalak can mean, in a metaphorical sense, hotly to pursue, its primary definition is to set on fire, and this is certainly the meaning intended in this passage. Thus, while the NRSV has produced an acceptable translation of verse 13, a more literal reading of the text would be, He makes his arrows to be fiery. Or, simply put another way, He makes his fiery arrows. This is clear when one consults both the Septuagint 
and the Vulgate translations of Psalm 713. In these two ancient translations of the Hebrew, Ladolakim is rendered with Kayo, to burn, to kindle, and Konburo, to burn up, respectively, thus erasing any doubt as to the KJV's misreading of the Hebrew. More significantly, the ancient Greek version renders Chitsau, his arrows, as Tabele Autu. This is important to note, as the Greek word in Ephesians 6.16 for darts, in fiery darts, is the same noun, bele, bellows. Rather than the short darts one might encounter in an English pub, bellows, and its Hebrew equivalent, chetz, means missile or arrow. Furthermore, although it uses a different verb than kayo, the phrase in Ephesians 6.16 is qualified with puroo, the common Greek verb for to burn. Thus, there can be little question that the original Hebrew underlying Psalm 713 is a functional equivalent to the Greek that underlies Ephesians 6.16. Both passages speak of, basically, set-on-fire missiles. Historically, the use of fiery arrows or missiles is known in ancient Near Eastern warfare perhaps as early as the Neo-Assyrian period in the 8th century BC. Robert G. Grant reports that the Assyrian siege engines used during Sennacherib's attack on Lachish in 701 BC were evidently covered with dampened leather hides to protect them from flaming arrows, an incendiary weapon apparently used by both sides. In the Persian and Classical Greek periods, Herodotus and Thucydides mention the use of fiery missiles, both likewise in the context of siege warfare. Interestingly, Bernardino de Sagahun recorded at the time of the European conquest of the New World, the ancient Aztec use of fiery arrows and Mesoamerican warfare in his General History of the Things of New Spain, the celebrated Florentine Codex. Incendiary arrows were also evidently used in dispelling infantry ranks. With their shields on fire, Williams explains, soldiers were tempted to throw them down, thus making themselves more vulnerable to the enemy. If that weren't enough, heavier loads of burning material were also launched by catapults, against which a shield was of little protection. Such is recorded by the anonymous native author of the so-called Anomio Mexicano, a 12-chapter document concerning the history of the Nahuatl Tlaxoteca, who mentioned the use of some sort of smoking arrows in Aztec infantry combat. Thus, the phrase fiery darts, or more properly, fiery arrows or incendiary missiles, undoubtedly found currency in the world of the ancient Near East, including Israel, and is therefore not alien to the world of Nephi. Although one might still argue that the Book of Mormon's English rendering of fiery darts of the adversary is an imitation of KJV Ephesians 6.16, there is no controversy in proposing that the phrase would have been accessible to Nephi, who could have used a similar phrase on the plates that Joseph Smith could eventually have rendered into the equivalent KJV idiom of his day. Granted, the metaphor in 1 Nephi 1524 is not likely to have been drawn directly from Psalm 7, as Nephi's metaphor portrays the fiery darts as something evil or otherwise negative, whereas in Psalm 7 the fiery arrows are instruments of God's justice against David's enemies, and therefore something positive. It is always possible, I suppose, that Nephi deliberately reversed the imagery of God's avenging fiery arrows in Psalm 7 into something negative, Satan's fiery arrows of temptation, but I personally find this unlikely, given Nephi's piety. Rather, I am suggesting that the metaphor and language in 1 Nephi 15.24 fits comfortably in an ancient Near Eastern setting, 
Psalm 7 and the evidence of fiery arrows used in ancient Near Eastern warfare examined above indicates that Nephi's metaphor need not be strictly seen as coming from Ephesians, but rather could easily have been available to the prophet in his ancient Israelite cultural setting. Finally, it is worth pointing out that it would have been practically impossible for Joseph Smith to have stumbled upon any of this, as first, the KJV, the only biblical translation feasibly accessible to the prophet, mistranslated Psalm 713, and second, Joseph began his study of Hebrew and Greek some five years after the translation of the Book of Mormon. While I wouldn't call it proof of the Book of Mormon's antiquity, the evidence examined above leads me to conclude that 1 Nephi 15.24 need not be seen as a sloppy plagiarism of Ephesians 6.16. Rather, I am convinced that even if the prophet Joseph Smith imitated the language of the KJV in his English translation of the plates, Nephi's metaphor of the fiery darts of the adversary in 1 Nephi 15.24 can ultimately be traced to the world of ancient Israel. This has been a recording of The Fiery Darts of the Adversary in 1 Nephi 15.24, originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 18, 2016, read by Stephen O. Smoot. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged, the journal and its website are credited, and is for non-commercial use. A print version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com.